0: Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry.
1: I'm Matteo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Mormete, how are you? Good morning, John. I'm fantastic. Happy uh, belated Father's Day to you sir.
0: Yeah, back back at you. We got we got three dads on this call yes, today sir. and we're excited to go. We'll introduce our guests in just a second. Um, season 2, episode 29, 59th Oof. episode in total. I can't believe it. We're crushing. Things are good. We uh we we went through a, a run with uh, a two Uh, a sponsor and we got new sponsors starting uh, next week. Uh, Excited to go ahead and, and and share that news with you all here, here real soon. Super um, okay, i can share right yeah. now they already signed uh <laughs> is joined with us so a little shout out to them we also Definitely. have beyond has come on board uh to sponsor the podcast so we're super excited about that and we have one more that is in the hopper that we'll uh we'll share soon so we get uh, we have uh, the trifecta powerhouse sponsorship
1: we're, it's so really grateful man it's isn't this uh highlights of my week man um no shout out to all of the support from the community out there we we appreciate it and. Then, uh, Gosh, wait! Wait till you see what's coming. It's, uh... Yeah,
0: we're we're super excited. We got we got some top secret shit in the in the coming out in the over the holidays. We got we got some big things. But let's get into it. We have the managing partner, co-founder of Island Time, Mister Drew Brown, joining us today. Thanks so much for joining us, Drew. Appreciate you.
2: Yeah, so happy to be here, guys, and congratulations on all the success. Well deserved, and uh, I'm glad to see more folks are stepping up to the game and support y'all.
0: Absolutely. thanks yeah and no, it's uh it's a uh, well you know it's when you jump into the into this and you don't really know if it's going to take off or not but you know you want to do it a little bit different than everyone else and you know you don't necessarily want to do tips and tricks and and you want to kind of dive into that the culture and dive into like the, the thread of, of what this really is not just the it's more than just business you know there's a lot that is business but there's news and culture of it um and is it going to take off and and it has so we're we're pretty we're really stoked about it um but this is about you um you know you've had a pretty wild ride um i've known you i think i met you that first year i came to space with it when i was trying to get you to come over to ascent um (laughs) and how many products uh, has john sold you on
1: no how many products has john sold you uh, uh, or, or attempted at to least
2: sell he, he's called on me at least four different products, at least well, four you know, products he's so, so. persistent uh, it's mm-hmm. shout mm-hmm. out to you john there you go well
0: it's in in all fairness i every product that I, that i have gotten behind of 100 believed in and 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 it's a a solid product i'm not just i would I'm agree not i'm you. not you know, I'm I'm not here doing the used car. Nothing against used car salesmen because it's a, that's a damn hard job, but that's not that's not how I roll. But let us talk about. Well, let's talk in the beginning, Drew. Let's go yeah. back yeah. to the beginning. I'm looking at your at your LinkedIn here, and I see Voris project yeah. list, like like back in yes. 2000. So I mean, so you and we're all of a similar age we don't necessarily have to go ahead we're all dads we're all of a similar age we all graduated high school around the same time you went to Ohio University great you get out of that and you start working at a project analyst how do you go from a project analyst and then going into working you know in vacation short-term I like how does that happen let's talk about how you stumbled yeah
2: so it's a it's totally a, a kind of a crazy story so um my family has been visiting Hilton Head in some former fashion since 1967. So, so my grandparents found this place, started taking my parents, and then well after we were all born, they started bringing us down here. So I spent a lot of my summers on Hilton Head. So at the time, the whole point of going and working at a big firm, um, uh, that, that firm I worked for was five uh, buildings in one block in downtown Columbus, Ohio. So huge, huge law firm uh hundreds of partners thousands of support employees you know one of one of the larger firms in the midwest and and had offices in alexandria dc um cincinnati columbus was home base and then cleveland and so really the whole goal was to go to law school so so i uh got out of school graduated with a couple of degrees and and decided i'm gonna fight the, the good old fight and go go to law law school and so um got some great experience, you know, uh, doing that. And then, um, halfway through probably my biggest project there, uh, we were working for a large, um, defense on a, a national claim for, for some trademark rights. And, uh, uh, we ended up getting a, so I, I did a lot of, uh, research mock trials. And so, you know, um, we won the case. Um, and so they said, Hey, we're going to give you two weeks of vacation. And I said, great, that's, that's awesome. We've been killing hours. And right. so I said, where, where am I going to go? I went down, I went down to Hilton Head, but in the process of me coming down to Hilton Head, I found out that I got into law school. So ended up getting into law school and they said, Hey, you can come to night, night school right now, if you want, uh, or you can wait a year and, uh, and, uh, come to day school and having worked in a, a law firm, seeing people that tried to to do night school I knew it was just an absolute bear so I said all right cool I got a year to burn I was on vacation in Hilton right and said why not why not Screw just, it <laughs> yeah just go for it I got a year to burn I live at the beach be a beach bum literally that's what I used to call myself is a beach bum and so um, talk about being truly blessed I, I started to interview for some jobs and I met my first mentor Carl Sneed and um, he we we bonded instantly, uh, you know, had an instant connection, but he was, you know, the, the GM at the time for a, a company and, and he offered me a job. And uh, uh, I knew once I got down into Hilton and had started getting into hospitality and tourism and learning the business, I I I, I had instantly fell in love. Yeah. Loved the challenges, loved, loved how different it was. And frankly, I loved to learn. He was he was a great guy. He still sells real estate here on the island. Um, you know, for charter one and uh, you know, taught me everything he knew. And, and, you know, for that, I really appreciate it. You know, I think that as we all know, you find people along your path that you need to be grateful for. And and he's definitely one of it. And then the other would be, uh, you know, Brett Frederick for me, it'd be beach properties. He was a a fabulous mentor, but uh, you know, so the deciding factor was, I was about a week away from having to go back to Ohio to go to law school. No joke, true story. Sitting in the Atlantic ocean surfing, and you know, just deep in thought, you know, I had a crew of friends. We would we would surf in the mornings before we'd go to work. And you know, I'm just trying to really think. You know, is this what I want? I'm going to go back. It's going to be this hustle, and it's going to be, you know, trying to get, you know, um, you know, internships and clerkships, and then going to partner track. And then you know, it's like you're going to dive in for the next 10, 15 years of your life, maybe 20 years of your life, and you're just not going to look up. And uh, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, oh man, what do I do? And no joke, a dolphin dolphin jumps out of the water right next to me, and I was like, "All right, I got you." Uh, <laughs> nice. So just decided to stay in Hilton Head, and uh, you know, just been been lucky to have some great opportunities come across my path, and and uh, you know, here we are now. What happens so- when you listen to the
1: universe, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. I'm a big believer.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah that's awesome. I, I love that story. You know, so mm-hmm. you were with, uh, you started off, then you know from there you what coastal home and villas you you yep. spend another two or three years with them after that and before moving on to you know beachhead uh beach properties hilt correct
2: yeah yeah so so that kind of started a whole process of that was also when bigger players started to come into our market so um coastal home and villa was um, then sold to another company which then was eventually bought bought by Picasa and beach properties it was purchased by, by town bank right. and you know just in each in each opportunity was able to help grow the businesses and, and and you know do what I could to help you know the entire teams and and then uh, you know got onto vacation company and and then was able to be in a position now where you know Eric and I' our my, my business partner, our CEO, have launched our own you know company, and it's insane. Uh, you know, got almost 20 full-time employees, 27 with part-time. You know, buying vans, you know, just starting to starting to get into the crux right. of the business and and really take a beating on on everything and, and but just loving it. Uh, it's uh it's been a really interesting market the last the last couple of years. You know, we don't I don't know of anything except for market volatility as a business owner because I started the company in late 2019 with Eric. So, you know, we're just in this position where had COVID, got through it, did great, you know, now going through some some you know tough challenges in terms of market conditions. And so but no, it's, it's all been a tremendous blessing.
0: Can we, can we talk about, or not, if we can't, that's fine. Can we talk about your, uh, the, you know, your run at the vacation company and leaving the vacation company and how you left the vacation company and what, and what got you to start and say, screw it, we're doing this. Um, yeah. can, can, we, can we dive into that at all? Because I, I, it's an interesting story, but I don't know how public it is. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to, love to chat about it with you.
2: Yeah, no, no. Ha- happy to, happy to share about it. You know, so, so, you know, having gone to the vacation company, haven't been in a situation where the last two companies have been purchased, you know, from, from the beginning, I had talked with their owners about trying to you know purchase the company. And, um, we had a lot of success, uh, very, very quickly there. Um, you know, I think we added, uh, more than 150 properties in less than three years, uh, and all really, really high end caliber real estate. And so we just got into a position where at that point I, I, I really wanted to, uh, see if it was going to be possible, you know, to see if I was able to you know, purchase the business and it just, you know, frankly, it just didn't work out. You know, the owners didn't necessarily agree, which is happens. You know, right. you think you've got something going on. you think you've got yeah. something planned and, uh that's just the way that it goes. Is what you know. Frankly, it wasn't the first time that that happened to me. It happened to Beach Properties with Town Bank as well. Um, yeah. The GM and I were trying to purchase the company there, and uh, it just didn't work out. And uh, you know, this time I had been far enough down the road to have a business partner and and to have funding and to you know be in a great position where you know we were ready. We thought we were signing a deal, right? Um, you know, we had had a, a good bit of due diligence there, and and uh, you know, it just it, it ended up not working out, and you know, um, they're still thriving, doing well and, and wish nothing but the best for them. But uh, Eric and I saw it as a, an opportunity and said, um, you know, do we really want to turn around and try and go buy somebody else or do we want to do what we want to do? And yeah. um, for us, we were able to really put our footprint in, in, in the marketplace and really put our own stamp on what we want to try and do. You know, it's it, it's super uh, impressive to see changes in, in market reactions to things that you're doing. And, and that's, to me, uh, really probably the best part about it because what it's done is just made our, our destination a whole entire better place. You know, everyone up on their game and you know doing as best they can. But, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, I definitely learned a lot from that experience. And, you know, taking into this experience and taking into what we're doing here at Island Time, you know, it's, it's, it's been so, so unbelievable to see. Uh, you mentioned culture in the very beginning, just to, to see the ability to create your own culture and really um, find those that that don't just believe, but they buy in. And, you know, I've got a great staff right now that does that um, from our, our management team all the way down to, you know, people that started within the last week. So, you know, real big believers in trying to create a, a really solid culture that can bleed into everything that you do. And that's just so hard. I mean, you guys know it's so hard, especially as you grow. Um, yeah. Some of the most difficult challenges as you grow is, is keeping that not, you know, I, I always say it's not a standard for perfection. It's just a standard. Yeah. <laughs> we nice. want to have a, nice. you know, want to have a process in place so that you guys know exactly what our expectation is. So, right. um, but no, it's been, it's been pretty awesome.
1: I, I think it can't be underestimated either. I, it takes a tremendous amount of courage to bet on yourself and do something mm-hmm. about it.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Like I, I think, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people who, who come on this show and I, I think, you know, we highlight the successes, right? But one of the things that is is re- reality, right? Like there's a tremendous amount of risk in these decisions, 100%. right? And- It takes a tremendous amount of courage that I don't think you can understand unless you really put yourself in those shoes, like what that weight feels like and what that, but you're also 100% the beneficiary of it also of all your work, right? right? Of everything that you have put in and what you're building and the culture that you're continuing to try to build, not try, but you are building within that space. I just think it can't be under understated um and I right. just want our listeners to to know that that's you know John said it you know there's a situation around it but like understanding what that act truly is and you know a lot of people buy and sell their businesses in our industry right but you know people look at the people who've built something from the ground up right who have actually right. gone out and built something from the ground up and you look at where those names are and I think there's something yeah. you said to that so yeah, yeah. it's
0: it's absolutely amazing. And I, let's talk about like like how exponentially quickly you built this business from, I think when you started, like, I think you had six or seven properties. So you're like, you know
2: screw it. it started with zero. Right.
0: Sorry, but was, I mean, li- but li- like,
2: yeah. yeah, first month, first month. First yeah. month,
0: yeah. you had like six yeah. or seven. And then, you, yeah. I mean, and that was back again what was that date let's talk let's talk date let's talk novice. so the
2: first day i was in the office was september 23rd 2019 we really didn't get up and running with everything probably until we kind of say that was really the infancy infancy and we didn't really get anything going until november so you know the okay. end of by the end of 2019 yeah okay
0: so and and now how many how many doors do you have right now
2: uh we have uh under under contract uh, 119 another probably you know as we say another four under the elbow um about ready to sign and then we we do have mixes of other you know other avenues of, of business so it's it's uh it's been it's been pretty insane you know so we're we turned three years old in in september and you know we'll we'll probably at that point have somewhere between 125, 150 properties, you know, so the interesting part about that too is we we have a a somewhat different philosophy in the sense of we let the, 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 the guest and the brand dictate, you know, what type of properties we're going to recruit, you know, so we, we don't just take every single property under the sun um, we're, on, we're always trying to constantly involve the brand um, to be more higher end, more you know, up, upper scale, more luxury oriented. You know, we were the originators of you know concierge services. I have an in-house concierge, you know, here on on, on staff. You know, adding a different element to certain types of things. You know, it's it's kind of cool when we're going up against some some and some pretty high powered properties, and you know, when you lose out to Inspirato, it's like okay, all right, we're doing something right. right. It's, right. it's not. <laughs> You know, it like yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing because they get paid, They gotta pay them. I'm not right. paying them. Like you know, they're right. like We're, we want six plus figures, and I'm like, good luck. So, <laughs> I ain't got that kind of backing. So, uh, but yeah, you know, and, and that, but that also then kind of like you said, it, it 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 it's this huge cycle. And Matteo, you absolutely said it when you build something, you're in this position where there's so much chance and there's so much risk but when you can use that risk to position yourself differently than the competition mm-hmm. and it is successful, you're so much further ahead. Um, you know, we're, we're just trying to you know, continue to evolve. And, you know, I think that's the hardest part about growth is, you know, you end up having service gaps and, and you end up being in a position where you know, inevitably you, you fail on something and it's how you respond to that level of failure. That really is, um, you know, something that we've kind of had to change in our culture is you're either winning or you're learning. You're not, you know, nothing, nothing is a loss. Uh, It's just, you know, you take those situations and try and learn from them every day.
0: I I love that analogy. Yeah, I think that's uh, a great analogy. We go ahead and, you know, in me, like I I have so many balls in the air out all the, all the time and like balls get dropped and it's like, how do you respond? to that that ball that was dropped you know and how do you pivot from that do you do you just pick it back up and keep going or do you know you know because when a ball is dropped someone is disappointed you know so how do you go ahead and it's, it's your response it's how you go ahead and handle it it's uh it's interesting and you know I think that you know everyone can go ahead and learn a little bit about you know, failure is, is, and I don't want to say failure, you know, but is okay if you learn from it and you, and you do the right things. Yeah. Like no one's a hundred percent successful all the time. Right. Um, you know, yeah. And you're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to expand. It's, uh, tell, tell us more about, you know, the experience, you know, I'm, you're building a brand and we talk a lot about brand here on the show, you know, um, you know, at first it was Island time Hilton head. Now it's Island time. Um, the, but let's talk about the brand, but in, you're talking about, you know, an experience, um, that you're doing and and what you're offering, you're talking about a concierge services, like what exactly, what are the differentiators that Island Time is bringing to the island that others aren't and where do you think you're, where are you going to go from here?
2: So definitely happy to talk about what, what, where it started, where it went. Can't always tell what we're going to go because too many people might be listening. Yeah. Um, but in a sense, you know, so so we we looked at it, you know, and, and when we launched the company, you know, we we had this concept of you know, creators of coastal coastal lifestyle. What did that really mean to us? And we first identified our, our our ideal client. Who who do we want to be representing? And then, you know, how do we take that and make it so that there's a you know, how do we we take that and then turn that into finding your ideal guest? And so, you know, going throughout that process was really huge to us. We, we identified certain brand markers that people associate with, um, and we, with you know, again, if, if people aren't doing that in their business, they really, you know, if you're listening, you really should be, you know, if you don't know who your ideal client is, um, and just from a marketing perspective, that's, you know, you need to, to take the time to do a brand study and, you know, really work with some professionals that can help identify certain, you know, key markers, you know, but having done that, we said, okay, we if we could plan an ideal vacation, what would it include? Well, it would include having a chef come home, you know, and, and have having meals prepared, or or having the you know having the, the fridge full when you come in town, having a an arrival meal ready for you when you, you when you actually you know, arrive to the property, um, you know, things like boat charters, um, you know, having that set up so that you don't have to worry about it if you wanted to go fish having all of your stuff for a beach destination, having all your stuff for for the beach um, ready for you and and handpicked for you. So, you know, if one guests, set of guests really want to use all bikes, they can use all bikes. If you've got people on the properties on the water and they want to paddle board, you know, do different things. Kayaking wise do that as well. Transportation, you know, we, we do live on an Island. So setting up, you know, things like transportation um, to get back and forth um, to not only the airport, just around, around the community. And, and then, and then, really, then tying in the actual, um, you know, Hilton had such a, a massive destination for, you know, arts and, and cultural heritage. You, you know, um, you know Juneteenth means something, you know, completely different here with historic Mitchellville right. than most places. I mean, this is where Freedom Town started. I mean, yep. legitimately. So, you know, paying homage to you know the Gullah Geechee corridor and, and being able to use the Office of Cultural Arts and Affairs here on Hilton Head to um, really get people uh involved with what Hilton Head's all about so we kind of took all those factors and then put it together and um created our own individual program and legitimately within you know six months um every company on the island had some different form or fashion of what they would call you know concierge services so imitation is the highest form of flattery i say that to everybody (laughs) listening you know Yeah, you know, just just because somebody ends up trying to do something you're doing, understand that um, if you're doing it right and you're doing it well, that's all that matters, you know, Um, and then, you know, you can do it. And probably, you know, one of the biggest things that that you said, and it's probably some of the best business advice I've ever been given from, um, you know, my business partner, Eric, uh, Eric Murray, was when you are everywhere, you are nowhere. So when you try to do that, you know, John, you mentioned that. And for me, when I have those situations where something has happened, and especially when we looked at starting these types of things with our business, we said, start small, do it excellent, expand, do that excellent, expand, do that excellent, expand, expand, you know, so Know Excellency is 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 really what you have to master before you can do it. And that's what I had to do. Super hard for me. I had to pull back and say, "What do I have to focus on?" Because I'm having things. And then I use that, that as an opportunity with our team and our culture to say, "I can't be everywhere. I need help. How does how does how you as a team and how do you help?" Um, and so now we've we've basically created very specific roles in our company to. You know, again, having a concierge, you know, having different people in marketing, having different people in guest experience, having different people in reservations, having different levels of property management, age maintenance, so that we can really focus in and try and provide the best level of service.
0: And that's hard to do, too, you know, from a management standpoint, you know, because I think that, I mean, like, if someone that's come in and, ha- and you have your fingerprints, you and Eric have your fingerprints all over this, right? It's like, they to do exactly what you're saying, you have to hire people that are as a smart or smarter than you to go ahead and and actually build what you're trying to build. If not, you're never going to actually get there. But that's hard from a standpoint, you know, because there's there's some ego. There's a little bit of like, hey, I built this, mm-hmm. and now like uh, now I'm I'm just letting go and trusting someone that you hired because hey, I hired because this is the smartest damn person in the room, and I want them on my team that's sometimes hard to do. And, you know, I, it is. I, I applaud you for that. And I, and I encourage other, other people to, to always hire the, the smartest talent, the hire the, the most driven talent. Um, it's just going to help you in the long run.
2: Well, and, and to, you know, where, where the company started to where it is now, you know um, obviously um, you know, there've been changes in, in what we do and how we do it, even if been with some of the employees and, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I, I would take this opportunity to thank everyone that's that's ever worked, um, you know, with or, or for us here at Island Time, because, you know, they had some type of uh, indelible mark on the business, you know, whether they're with us anymore or not is different. Because to your point, when you're when you're hiring a team and needs change and, and things, you know, everyone has to evolve. And sometimes people do evolve and sometimes people don't. And, and you just have to be you know, I, I have with our kind of our senior management, you know, our jobs to see the forest of the trees, you you, you know, yeah. we, we have to be able to show people the path, you know, and be able to walk the path. But when people get off that path, you know, it's an understanding of can they get back? Can we continue to lead them? And can we can they help us be successful? And I think that that's, you know, that's the hardest part of, of owning a business. You know, I, I think that for me, if you would have talked to me You know, three years ago, and starting a business, I would have never thought that having employees would be the most the most difficult part, and it really is Mm -hmm. Um, not in a bad way. You know, it's just again as you continue to grow. You know, I've got you know twenty different souls out there with different mindsets and different upbringings and different backgrounds, and how do you you know bring those people into one cohesive group? that want to help and impact not only your business, but help and impact each other. And I think that's where we're at now is trying to, to work on that the most. Um, and that's just from, you know, again, learning, learning, you know, I won't say we've made mistakes, but we're definitely learned. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. You are
0: also, I mean, this is a big focus for you, but you are also um, heavily involved with the RMA. You are on the board of directors. You are the treasurer. Um, you you've, you were, uh, you've moved your way up through VRMA. Um, do you have higher aspirations of being a, you know, of getting to the, uh, to the top? You know, we, we know there, who, who's, in, who's, who's coming up next, um, but do we, do we see Drew making a push um, in the near future and, and what has that done for you and what do you think you're offering to, to the VRMA?
2: Well, I'll never get on a soapbox and ask for, ask for a vote or a candidacy, but if, uh, if it was something that the LDC and the, the, the executive, uh, you, know, you know, membership and, and, and executive committee asked uh, of me, I would, I would probably say yes. Um, you know, for me, it's all about impact. I mean, you know, you two of, of all people know, um, you know, personally, you know, some of what my aspirations have been ever since you know i was involved with the membership committee you know I, I still think that probably one of the greatest things you know that i i've been able to help along is you know is the DEI subcommittee i think okay. that you know that you two both are champions of of that cause and and you know i have um you know taken that personally into to my life into my business and and again i think that as we go forward as a, an organization um you know, to be industry-wide and worldwide. Those are, there's a lot of factors that, that, from a DEI perspective that really play into it. So it's, uh, you know, being, uh, I think that most people don't understand, you know, being um, on the board is, you know, it's a volunteer position. And, and mm-hmm. so um, you're being asked to, to pilot um, a, a much larger ship than your own ship and um you have to be able to and i think you both know just from my my personal involvement you know you have to be able to like you said you got to check some of the ego at the door and just say what's really for the good um you know what's for the good of the good and what's for the good of 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 the industry and you know trying to do you know necessarily what's what's right but understanding that you're going to have opinions and ideas on on every side of it uh and i think I've just been able to, you know, somewhat um, handle both sides of, uh, of issues and, and be able to, you know, uh, really use the mindset of, you know, what do we really want to try and get out of this conversation? What's the goal? And 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 have a, a shared pool of meaning in that conversation so that you guys, you know, so that when you're in these positions, you can understand what what's trying to happen, what's really, what's really transpiring here, you know, and, and so for me, That'd be something that if it came along, great. Not the end of the world, you know. For me, I think that if I could could be in that position, I think I would have you know some things that that you know. Again, I think we'd love to push some DEI through. Um, I really think that we've got to, as an as an industry, we've really got to push education, certification, you know, just just to try and really professionalize the industry. You know, you, you know, as being a member of the board, I travel a lot and I have a lot of interaction with different companies and, and all throughout. You know the United States, you know Europe, etc. There's a whole different level of, of of standards. So as we continue to wade into these deeper waters with all of this equity money and different acquisitions, and now you know we've got IPOs and several companies and possible other IPOs coming. You know there's going to only be a, a wider and and, and a brighter light being shed on the industry, and I think that if we can, can again, use education certification as, as good components, you know, the sky's the limit for everybody. All it does is lift up our entire industry. So-
0: 100%, it needs to be accessible. And that's, you know, in using VRMA as a, as a tool or accessibility tool to, to those that are coming into the space that, that might not have known that these are the actual standards. These are not only yeah. the standards because this is what the guests want, but these are the standard because this is what- you know, what government regulations want and need. And this is why why advocacy is so important. And I understand mm-hmm. these past couple of years have been a huge advocacy push because it's necessary, but like there has to be, you know, this personal opinion here, it has to be a two, you know, it can't just be advocacy without the education it can't just be education without the advocacy. It needs to be a solid push from both directions to really make it accessible for everybody while also supporting, you know, these towns and these communities that are scared, yeah. you know, they're scared that we're, we're coming in and, um, and as a vacation rental, you know, industry, and we're gonna, we're gonna fuck up their town, you know, yeah. for whatever reason.
2: Well, you, and, you got everything from you, saying, we're going to take away housing. Right. Um, There's, you know, we're, we're you know, taking, taking away, you know, additional jobs or, yeah. you know, you know, tax basis or, you know, some of those things and are you're, you're right, John, you know, we, when you, when you get into all of those aspects, the, th- thing that you know reason why education not only for the industry is so important having dealt with the advocacy issue on my front here you know locally on the island it's about educating the community you know you know people just really don't understand you know like you know here we are in a position where we did a a statewide economic impact study you know hospitality and tourism provides four billion dollars a year in economic impact to our state With with a b yeah with a b and then, you know, just our little local area, little, little Hilton Head Island area, you know, is 1.1 billion. And it's like, again, with a B, mm. but yet we got people still talking about, you know, regulations and different things. And it's like, you know, I can understand it. When you talk about a quality of life, you know, you where advocacy is going is more about the mm. ecosystem, you know, the ecosystem of the community, the ecosystem of, you know, the actual industry, and then the ecosystem of how it impacts guests. So, you know, we've just got to do a better job just in totality of, of of trying to educate and inform as best possible. I totally agree with you. It's a long road. Yeah we're, so we're in a marathon I have a question
1: here. then. And so I agree with everything you said. With your experience with VRMA and the others, why have what has been the barrier that's prevented like VRMA from or any of the advocacy groups from coming out and really being that voice, right, that source of education, like stepping up like uh, with the resources you have nationally and internationally, right? Like what's been the barrier to, you know, you know, when, when people are having these conversations and having these discussions, why weren't we the lead? Like, why weren't we the right. ones in there? Why weren't we quoted in the media? Why weren't we in yeah. in, in, in a very large totally, totally down to the microscopic yeah. scale, I, I guess. And that's yeah. always been a question as someone that I haven't been in this industry for 10, 20 years. But it's, I remember I saw a CNBC article one time and I literally wrote into the guy, like, like why did you not reach out to VRMA? Why did you not reach out right. to these other groups? And he was like, who? Right. That was his response back to me. I, th- I wish I had that email, I, I probably should have yeah. But
2: Well, that was- and that's, that's been such, so, such a big part of what we're doing over the last two or three years, you know, with mm-hmm. the collaborative um, and, and, you know, having just raised, you know, close to a half a million dollars in advocacy funds because quite frankly, before, you know, all of this was done, there was no budget. There was, you know, right. advocacy wasn't necessarily something that was done. And, you know, I think that's where we as an industry need to focus on, you know, our cohesiveness. You know, we've got so many different other aspects of different, you know, smaller pockets and, and uh, of different, um, not traded organizations, but you've got different, different people with, you know, frankly, different agendas. And so, you know, we've, we've been trying to do a really good job to say, look, here's the overarching gen- agenda. You guys can all have your own little pools to play in below that, but this is where we have to come. Uh, and VRMA and Smith Buckland have done a really good job of starting to, to really push that to your point. That's, that, that's been the problem is, you know, trying to provide all of the information, you know, quickly. So, you know, that's, that's where, you know, again, you know, personal experience with state of South Carolina, but, you know, we were able to put a very quick request in, you know, to the, collaborative and into the VRMA advocacy fund. And they were able to fund a $25,000 economic impact study that's used all over the state for all different types of things, right. which has now state, started more conversations, starting state, collab, you know, state coalitions. But to your point, Matteo, if we don't have people like that in every state, you, you, you can provide that information on a, on a national level for them and, and all the information that we have, we have got to have boots on the ground, you know? Yeah. So, so that would be kind of my message is, If you know that you're going to be part of that, please reach out to VRMA or if you have something that comes out, please reach out. We do want to help. Um, We want to be the leader in that, that voice. But by the time that we get it, you know, that's the other thing is when you you should see some of these emails when you get an email and there's, you know, 60 proposed short term rental regulations in a week that have been proposed. You know, there's a lot of work and research to say, okay, how many partners do we have in that area? How many members do we have? What's the scope of that? How do we prioritize? You know, so you know, I would just ask for those that are that are are being impacted to to get involved, so that we can can be that helpful voice. But it, it needs to be more um, to your point point, tail more industry cohesion. There's a lot of subgroups that have different things. Let's just all play, you know, um, you know, well in the sandbox together, so that we can get. And that's happening a lot of times, with, yeah. especially with what we're we're doing, you know, here. So, um, but yeah, you're you're absolutely right.
1: Well, it's interesting. I just think it would be beneficial for everyone to see the leadership be more visible, right? Like Mm -hmm. the the leadership of VRMA, like there's some incredible individuals who know the business aspect of this, um, who, you know, again, and and not pushing people out or saying it, I think it's always been one of the things that I've just wanted to see is just from that kind of outward leadership from the top. I think we would all benefit, right? In the industry, I don't know if that's a PR thing, um, but, again, I just personally wish VRMA would be outwardly more vocal, and, and I understand it's not at just as simple as, oh, just get up and start speaking, but I, it would be great to start seeing that more often even at it just come on the show
2: anytime you want
1: guys. (laughs) Look again, I'm going to put you in position. Watch. but the And that comes from someone that's a member and I believe in VRMA and I'm working with VRMA and I think this advocacy is great, but I also know that like in my advocacy experience, like Atlanta VRMA has been tremendously helpful with what we're doing and what's going on here in Atlanta. And we've had a tremendous support Um, with what Amstra and Rich and and Kathy and the team are doing down here. But the, fact of the matter still is the majority of our membership doesn't even know who VRMA is.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I can always come over. You know, I, I might, I might take, you might have to take me out to dinner, but I, I, I'll, I'll come over there and speak for you, man. anyway.
1: Well, that's that, true. So that's, and it that's, well, ATL. that's, right down well, road and road. I think that's the other part of like what we can do too is like, you know, yeah. positioning people. Um, you know, we can help in positioning with them though. So I, I get it's not an easy solution. I think I'm just up here on my soapbox, you know, wishing that
2: you know we could be that that voice to go to. Oh, me, um, me too, man. I mean, yeah. it's it, you know, that's that's all that 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 I want. I mean, and that would be the other reason why, you know, you talked about it. if I would 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 you know make a run for something, I I I would agree. I think that there's gotta be more you know, cohesion across all the different elements uh, uh, you know of our industry from top to bottom and you know why why are we not getting um, you know we've got a great aspect in VRHP why, why are we not you know pushing that more um, we are trying to do shout that.
0: out to Michelle really? Williams and, and everyone over there yeah, yeah. definitely.
2: I- and, and, and that that do. whole, you know, and, and I think that's the hard part about it, too, is you start to get market penetration in some areas. But how do you do that across the nation? Because, well, I think, you know, it's such a regional business everywhere, you know?
0: Well, and the, to be fair, you know, we, we've been through some pretty hard times overall and they've passed through years. And if you look at like this resignation, like error we have, like look at, you know, you know, you know, VRMA is one aspect, and the the backbone behind VRMA is Smith Buckland, and and leadership, and different things change behind the scenes for them, and then you have to bring other people up to speed. You know, so truly, with any good company or any great organization, you need solid people that are there, that have been there, that are fighting the fight together, and know what they're doing. And there's been some turnover turn there. There's been a little bit of churn, um, and so now you got to get other people up to speed. Before then, you can you know you know. I think that's been a little bit of the hiccup um, this personal opinion here again of um, and I'm excited to see some that solidify and, and where we're going to go with it from
2: here. Yeah. And and, and wouldn't disagree with that, you know, and I think that, you know, to your point, you know, that you mentioned the resignation area. I love it. I'm going to use it because, you know, I I had hired uh, a couple of different people this year. And when they're walking back into my office within a couple of months and saying, Hey, I, I, you know, I have to resign. I got offered this job for, you know, 30 grand more than, than what you're paying me. And it's like, eh, good luck. Yeah, the, you know, I, you know, I got, I got a whole team. If I give you that raise, I got to give the whole team raises and I can't, you know, then I don't make anything. And I, right. it's, it's not a nonprofit business, you know, that we're in. So, um, but I get it. I, I totally get it. I think that you're, you're absolutely right. Um, you know what I would say, having recently been to the board meeting in, um you know, in, in Florida, it's a really solid team, and and, and frankly, uh, Smith Buckland's um, their executive level is is involved. You know, we had some some of yeah. you know we had two two executives from Chicago fly in just for our meeting to, to kind of go over just those types of things and and, and show us exactly what they're able to do. So, you know, shout out to Mike O'Brien um, and his team. They've they've done a yeah. just an, an absolute amazing job. And, and again, I, I think that part of this message too is is we need to see. Um, not just the same old faces um, getting getting involved. We, we we you know as we continue to get into to new markets, new companies, you know we need to have more and more more people involved because that's that's the lifeblood. Because to your point, VRMA is an overarching industry organization, but we all have to run our businesses first. Um, you know to to be able to make that industry organization you know, successful.
0: Drew, thanks so much, man. What's um I, I, we could talk forever. I, I know we, we get some hard stops coming up We're here, gonna get some uh, but. I guess, I guess the one last thing I'd love to, you know, you said you really can't get into, I want to bring this back to Island time. You really can't get into where you're going too much, but um, so you have some big plans. Uh, I mean, we're, we're excited to see them uh, come to fruition and, and love, love seeing your success in, in what you're doing and, and just the best of luck to you on Hilton head and when VR and uh, uh, we're in your corner. We appreciate you, you joining us on the pod. Yeah.
2: And, and well, and, and same for you guys, anytime I can do anything for you, you know, I think that's probably um, one of the biggest messages I would, I would take away. You know, I have, have had a lot of success, you know, in my career, but a lot of it has, has had to do with getting involved um, and, and really trying to, to do all that I can to help both, you know, my industry and, and my organization. So, you know, I would, I would definitely tell people to, you know, check out Bear May and, you know, again, uh, I applaud both both of you for continuing the efforts with everything you're doing with the DEI subcommittee and and Margot and the whole crew. I just, uh, you know, I'm. I, I, that's the reason why I felt so comfortable in in, in stepping away because I knew everything was in such great hands. So, nothing but great success for you guys and you know the, the NOPS short term environmental podcast. I'm, I'm so stoked for you guys. I appreciate Thanks. it.
1: And, appreciate and I, I got to say, man, like you were a huge part of that. I, I don't know if the, if the world knows how much, you know, your support and, and your backing, you know, really helped make those things happen. Um, and it wasn't like you just set it up. You were participating, you know, you've been at, at yeah. the events, you've been there. So just, you know, grateful for your support in that. In that uh, yeah. Well,
2: you, we, we've all had conversations yeah. off the record and, and oh, yeah. you, you know, you know, my love for, for everything. So I, you, I just, uh, I'm just glad to hear you guys uh, are able to you know get more seasons and get more podcasts. And it's, you know, I, I check it all the time. It really is. It's such a, it's a, such a great conversation and just a conversation that needs to keep going. So nothing but the best for y'all. Thank you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, man.